please open your Bibles to Ephesians 6. We're seeking to focus our attention upon that which the Lord has provided us to make us invincibly strong as Christians, able to do God's will to fulfill his plan. We've talked about our union with Christ, be strong in the Lord. We've talked about the wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit, be strong in the power of his might. We've looked at something of the organized system of darkness and how that this kingdom presses a war against you and me, a war that requires spiritual clothing, spiritual armor. And the Lord has provided it for us, but it's something that we are responsible to uh, with deliberate intent and aggressive action. Uh, we receive it, we apply it, we live in it, we walk in it. We don't lay it aside even for a moment, lest we be overcome. And I want to take time to just look at each part of the armor. And today we come to the first part. Verse 13 kind of gives us the setting. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when, not if, but when, make sure, know, that as a Christian you're going to face the day of evil, when Satan will come very close to you, he'll wrestle against you, he'll try to destroy you. That's one of the very important aspects of spiritual warfare is to know that. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. No need to wonder if I'm going to make it. It's all there. You can be absolutely sure that you will be able to stand as you do uh, walk in your armor. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. I wonder if you've uh, understood what a battle you have in this matter of truth and lies. Almost everything you do every day in some way relates to this struggle. You can't even read your newspaper without facing it. Yesterday, I copied out the headlines, the major headlines of the front page. Let me read them to you. Police sweep Beijing for suspects. Jury finds Neubauer guilty. Charges filed against three in document tampering. Park gunman frees hostages. Buena Vista professor Professors evacuate China. 
those five major headlines of yesterday's newspaper reveal how often we have to filter through our minds what is true and what is the lie. The first one had to do with the struggle going on in China, the first one and the last one. And um, if you're following the news, you're aware that not only did the um, Chinese army brutally and ruthlessly um, put down the rising tide of cry throughout certainly the student world, if not the working world of China, crying for freedom. And now the propaganda machine tells us that there weren't thousands of students brutalized and killed. The only ones really killed were some of the soldiers who um, insisted on uh, keeping the government and order. And they're to be commended. And we have to filter that. What is true? What is the lie? The second headline had to do with the jury finding Neubauer guilty. And um, that's not an easy thing for a jury to do, especially when the defendant insisted what was truth was totally different from the charges of the prosecution and the store from which he supposedly stole the items. They had to filter what is truth, what is the lie. And uh, the third one that had to do with women altering the or forging the truck registration documents. So just constantly in just the business of everyday life. We struggle with what is truth? How do you walk in the truth? How do you know the truth? Now they're both very, very powerful. And uh, we face constant battle with Satan in this realm. God is almighty. And we've read the final page of the story. We know that ultimately truth will prevail. But we also know the other side of the picture. That the lie is constantly bombarding. And it's getting worse. We're plagued by it. It comes from every quarter and constantly besieges us concerning what is true. How do we know the truth? How do we evaluate the truth? Well, the Apostle Paul says we wear the loin girdle of truth. You clothe yourself with it. Um, it's a beautiful thing to have God's truth draped around your person, protecting you in the vital aspects of knowing and understanding 
what is true. Let's look at this part of the armor this morning. First of all, let's focus upon the importance of its mention. I believe there's great significance in the fact that the loin girdle of truth is mentioned first. The Apostle Paul is giving us important, wonderful, uh, in this metaphor language, uh, we're seeing what uh, truth is and how it protects us. And the fact that he mentions it first uh, shows us how important it is to know the truth and walk in the truth and clothe yourself with the truth if you're to be successful in not being overwhelmed by the powers of darkness. Now its first mention accentuates the ruthless nature of Satan's attack. Now, the loin girdle is a very important part of your uh, armor. It's that part that you usually put on first. If you ever have looked at the Roman soldier, it's that part that buckles around the waist and covers the vital organs from your belt line to mid-thigh from the violent action of your enemy trying to destroy you. The psalmist had an awareness of the ruthless nature of the battle with Satan. He never fights fair. He's ruthlessly cruel. And in Psalm 25, David asked the Lord to consider his enemies, for they are many, and they hate him with cruel hatred. Now, I don't know if you've ever witnessed uh, a brawl where uh, two men, uh, violently angry with each other, fight it out. I'm thankful that I've not seen too much of that in my lifetime. Only a couple of occasions, but one of those comes to mind of seeing a violent fight between two men who are very angry at each other. And the thing that I remember about it is that one of them, deliberately and with violent intent, sought to hit below the belt. And his purpose was to so caused that opponent to double over with pain. And when he finally succeeded with a very violent kick to the lower part of this opponent's body, and he doubled over in excruciating pain, I remember how he took his fists and slammed into the back of his head and knocked him unconscious and even kicked him after he was down. Now, we don't like to see that. That's a terrible way to fight. But I think it is illustrative of the way the devil comes at you and me. He never fights fair. He's a violent opponent. And he will try to hit you when you're most vulnerable. 
when maybe you've been weakened by illness or some kind of hard time you've been going through. And his purpose is always to destroy you. We see something of his violent, brutal, ruthless way that he opposes us in even his appearances in scripture. That poor man from Gadara, so terribly overcome by the powers of darkness that had their clutches into his life that he ran and screamed in the night in the graveyard. Or on that occasion when the Lord Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and there he met his disciples, the rest of them. And remember that father who brought his little boy to the disciples to rid the little boy of the control and rule of some terrible evil spirit. And they couldn't free the little boy. And Matthew tells us that this wicked spirit, when it would come on the little boy, usually would seem to come when he was near water or when he was near the fire. Why would he do that? He wanted to drown that little boy and kill him. He wanted to throw him into the fire so that violent burns would happen to him in those awful seizure times when that wicked spirit came upon that little boy. Now what does that say about the kingdom of darkness? It says that that, that kingdom always has as its ultimate purpose to violently destroy and violently hurt and violently wound. And most people who've had experience with the powers of darkness have no question about the ruthless cruelty of the kingdom of darkness. And that's why it's so important for Christians to never flirt around with those things that are going to give the devil advantage against you. You don't tell lies. And you do your best to avoid believing lies because lies bring you into the realm of Satan. We read that in John 8, how Jesus said that Satan speaks his native language when he lies because he's the author of lies and he's the father of it. And when we're tempted to lie, we're never more yielding to Satan's deceptive ways than in that moment. And he always intends to brutalize you, to destroy you, to take away your freedom. The second thing that this first mention brings to our attention, it calls attention to the subtle nature of Satan's schemes. Not only in John 8 is he called the father of lies, but in the very last picture we have of Satan in Scripture, you find it in Revelation chapter 20. And let me just read some of the verses. Um, verse 9, they marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people. 
the city he loves, but fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them. That's his main tactic, to deceive you. To get you believing lies so that he can bring you under his control. You see Satan's working in lies in our world, in the political scene. You see it constantly, not only in communism where the lie is the truth, according to the very dogma of communism. As long as it advances communism, it's the truth, even if it's a blatant lie, like the Chinese rulers are seeking to foist upon their people in the world at this time. You see it in totalitarian regimes. You even see it in the political scene in our own form of government from time to time. The lie. You also see it in the religious scene where cultism and the lie comes out to deceive people religiously in such things as Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses and Moonism and all the other cults of today. You see it on the educational scene in such things as evolution that is so ardently taught in our educational system. Anyone who knows the truth of God knows it's a lie. But uh, still it is taught as the truth. And now we have coming into the educational scene so much on the new age. On the economic scene, materialism, gambling, love of money. In the medical scene, quack medicine, cure-all, occult healers. Satan has a strategy of lying to bring us into his bondage. And so it also calls attention to the great importance in defeating Satan of truth. There's no other way to really battle the devil unless you do it with the truth. And that means you understand the truth. It means you live in the truth and walk in the truth and clothe yourself with the truth and protect yourself from the lies of darkness. Now, the second point has to do with the importance of its measure. You remember that Pilate asked, what is truth? He found it difficult to know what is the truth. And sometimes when you look at something like this beautiful metaphor of expression of spiritual truth, uh, talking about putting on the loin girdle of truth. Christians even wonder, what does that mean? How do I clothe myself? How do I protect this vital part of my person and being from being cruelly and ruthlessly attacked by the devil? Well, it means that you understand what the truth is and you reach out and take it. 
Martin Lloyd-Jones points out that we're to gird our loins with truth. It's not something that you passively assume. It's something that you daily reach out and perhaps many times during the day you clothe yourself with the loin girdle of truth. But certainly every day as you begin the day, you take the truth. Now what is the truth that you put on? It's interesting that the Word of God gives us four expressions of truth, four citadels of truth, each one of them tremendously important to understand. We don't have time to look up all the scripture texts. They're in your outline, and I hope you'll take time to do it. But let me just mention them again. What does it mean? to clothe yourself with the loin girdle of truth. Well, first of all, it's speaking about the person of truth. Jesus Christ is the person of truth. He said that himself. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We read in John 1 that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the person of truth. And when you clothe yourself with truth, you're putting on the Lord Jesus. And I like the way that, that the scripture sets that forth in passages like Romans 13 and verse 14, where we're told to put on the Lord Jesus. So when you clothe yourself with the loin girdle of truth, you're clothing yourself with the Lord Jesus. And I've known of people, and I have even done it myself, when they have thought themselves to be under tremendous assault from the enemy of their souls in some sort of a battle that's in the spiritual realm, they will say, I'm hiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. I clothe myself with him who is the loin girdle of truth. So you put on the Lord Jesus. You claim him. And of course, that means that you keep a vital personal relationship with him. You pray to him. You meditate upon him. You abide in him. Put on the Lord Jesus. A second citadel of truth set forth in the scripture is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. Now, what does it mean to put on the Holy Spirit? Well, it means that the Holy Spirit will always lead us in accord with what the truth is, what the Scripture says, and what the Lord Jesus Christ says. And as you read the Word of God, you ask the Holy Spirit to illumine the Scripture to your understanding. You measure everything 
by whether or not it's in accord with what the Holy Spirit's already revealed in his word. And you're very careful to honor the Spirit of God. And when in doubt, you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into truth, to protect you from error. You're careful. You don't rush into things, not even some of the religious things that seem so of the Holy Spirit. You're careful. You measure them. You don't accept everything just because it seems to bring you ecstatic feelings. You measure it because the Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth. He always guides you into truth. And his truth is always in harmony with who the Lord Jesus is and what the word of God says. And that brings us to the third citadel. The word of God is the word of truth. And when you put on the loin girdle of truth, you're putting on the scripture. That means that uh, you understand the Bible to be the word of truth, as it's called so many times in the scripture. This is one of the reasons why I believe that inerrancy is absolutely an essential part of the Christian faith. The inerrancy of scripture. The Bible's the word of truth, not the word of error. You can trust it in all matters that have to do with anything that it speaks about. It's the word of truth. You can build your life upon it. You can defend and protect yourself by believing it and walking in it and, and avoiding that, which the word of God names as error. So you need to stay close to the scripture. It's why you need to memorize the scripture. Every person that's troubled with darkness can be helped by memorizing the word because it's the word of truth. And coming into your inner being as you memorize it, it has wonderful protective results in your whole person and being. And that brings us to the final one, the final citadel of truth mentioned in Scripture is the church that Paul called in 1 Timothy 3.15, the pillar and the foundation of truth. Now that's a, a fascinating insight into the importance of remaining close to the church a part of the church, submitting yourself to the local body of believers and to its function and to the interaction so healthy in the church it means you recognize how important other believers are and how that oftentimes into the church God builds checks and balances. When that church is functioning under the guidance and shepherding lordship of Jesus Christ, and in accord with the word of God and the Holy Spirit, it's wonderful how the body ministers and protects. I think of how many times the Lord has protected me from being misled into some error by the body, the church. So when you put on the loin girdle, remember you're clothing yourself with your Savior. 
and with his word and with his spirit and with his church. And you're walking in good harmony and fellowship with each one. And there's marvelous protection there. Now, how do you put on this part of the armor? Well, you pray it on. Last week we sang about it in one of the hymns, each part put on with prayer. And uh, so it's, it's a, it can become a beautiful worship experience. As you put on this part of the armor, you, you know the marvelous thing about putting on the armor, you can do it in about 15 seconds if you just mention each part of the armor. Or you can take 30 minutes putting on just each part of it. And you could worship the Lord Jesus, who is the truth. You could express worship and appreciation for the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth. And how you could honor the word of God, the word of truth, in the place of prayer. And uh, pray for the church, the pillar and foundation of truth. Because the loin girdle of truth is part of your important protection. And we need to fill our minds with him who is the truth and his word and his spirit and in the harmony and fellowship with his church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to focus our attention upon the protection of the armor and to recognize that though the enemy is a ruthless, violent, cruel opponent, that you've provided us, even in his lowest blows, that which protects us, so that we need not be overwhelmed by him, but we can walk above his violent, ruthless battle against us, protected by the loin girdle of truth. Help us, we pray, to understand the importance of walking in the truth through Christ our Lord. Amen.